Broadcasting to you from the Valley Preferred Cycling Centre, this is the Talk the T-Town podcast where we discuss all things track cycling. Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the T-Town here at the Valley Preferred Cycling Centre in the beautiful Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. I'm today's host, Andrew Paradowski, and sitting with me today in our studios virtually via Zoom is Joe Codrington from the Hincapi Group. Joe is the technical director for Hincapi Grand Fondo Series. Last year was the inaugural Lehigh Valley Hincapi Grand Fondo. I just love saying Fondo. And we're here today to talk about all things Fondo. Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to talk about Big Ride, or as Grand Fondo means in Italian. So let's get at it. All right. Well, then off the top, tell us what exactly is a big ride or, as you say in Italian, Fondo? Um, well, the Grand Fondo Hincapi, Lehigh Valley, um, or we have uh, other cities as well. Um, and if you do every one, you get to ride Greenville Gold as a gold VIP for free. Um, but it is a very unique experience. Um, we like to create world-class unique courses. Uh, one of the big goals of Lehigh Valley is to create a classic feel. Um, so you feel like when you pull into that velodrome that you had a little mini version of Perry roubaix So before or, Joe, uh, before you get into like that. before you get into your uh, specific fondo, uh, for the listeners who don't know what a, what a grand fondo is, uh, can you explain the basics of it? Oh, for sure. Uh, a grand fondo, I mean, literally just means big ride, or uh, it's sometimes translated to fun ride. Um, and you get to come out and do a ride in the community with a bunch of your friends, uh, two thousand of your closest friends or so. Uh, you have SAG support or vehicles that follow with tubes and help like that. Um, you have rest stops that have all kinds of unique foods and, and things to help you along the way. And um, it's just a unique experience to ride in something other than a true bike race. It, it has a little bit of that feel to it, um, but it is not a, a bike race at all. It's just a fun way to come out and do a good ride. And it's just a little bit fancier way of doing it than the old cookie rides of the 80s and 90s it's a nice exciting twist on uh making it a little bit more fun so there's no racing involved well there are timed segments uh that's a big difference with fondos where you get to ride a portion of the course that is safe for a time and then those all get added up and that determines who's going to get some prizes at the end as well some raffle prizes and other exciting stuff Okay, so a little bit for everybody, a casual rider who just wants to cover a distance and have some fun with their friends, all the way up to somebody who might be interested in setting some PBs or, or winning some prizes. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So then uh, how does the uh, the Hincapi flavor uh, come to uh, come to bear here? Well, with, at Hincapi, what we do is we really focus on the off-the-bike elements. Um, like our rest stops will have a live band. Um, we'll have some unique food, uh, like you'll pull into a rest stop and there's fresh chicken figures, for example, or something like that. Um, our, we had uh, lobster gummies at all the rest stops that are one up in Bangor, Maine. Um, we, your entry fee does include all your food and beverage for you and your family, which is something else that's unique. Uh, I know that uh, all the times I spent racing, everybody would come to support me and there'd be nothing for them to do when I'd be out on some road race for four and a half, five hours. So at Hincapi, we correct that by uh, having unique food, bouncy castles, all kinds of things for the kids, and it's all included. So you get your 
your finished beer and your finished burger and you bought all that with your entry fee. So it's a very unique approach to Incapi. Well, that's really cool. So is it just one kind of experience or do you have different experiences for sort of uh, different levels of uh, entry fee, I suppose? Yeah, we have uh, three different courses. We have a piccolo, a medio, and a grand to focus on the excitement of uh, keeping those Italian words going. Um, and uh, we made some changes this year to the courses, but our piccolo is going to be about right at 15 miles. Uh, we have our medios at 52, almost 53, and our grand is going to be right at 79 this year. We try to focus on 15, 50, 80 as our experience. And one of the reasons for that is we know that the experienced guy can ride 100 miles, and we're really proud of that. But we also want that guy to get back and experience the festival in a way that he doesn't get to at other races. So um, we come up with a very challenging 80-mile course so that they can get back and enjoy that festival fun. So you mentioned that uh, you've got several of these on the go across uh, the uh, United States. Um, how many of them are you running right now? Uh, we have five uh, coming next year. Uh, we have actually coming up on March 18th, our first Evel Gravel Fondo in Merced, California. For those of you that want to hop on your private jet or just go on a road trip uh, in your Sprinter van, come on out and you can do that ride. It's going to be a gravel ride. Really cool. Chattanooga is in our sixth year, um, and that's coming up in the first weekend of May. And then uh, Lehigh Valley, uh, which is June 4th this year. Bangor, Maine on June 23rd, and then the granddaddy of them all. What got it all started is that retirement party for George Hincapie, uh, the Greenville Fondo in its 12th year. Also, Merced will be our 20th Fondo ride we've ever done. And it's also Hincapie's 20th anniversary as a company. So it's going to be a lot of unique twists on some things going on in Merced for those that want to make it out. So quite a bit of history there. Uh, so, uh, for, for our listeners, for anybody involved in the cycling world would probably have to be uh, living under a rock, uh, to know, uh, not know who George Hincapie is, but do you want to give a little bit of history for our listeners there? Oh, for sure. Uh, George is one of the most successful American cyclists. Uh, he was very famous, uh, for being a Lieutenant, uh, the term super domestique, uh, was born around George. Um, he is also one of our famous our most successful classics riders uh, really loved riding the classics, but it's very rare that you can have a rider uh, fighting for the podium at Perry Roubaix and then turn around and be leading out the tempo uh, every climb in the Tour de France. Um, just an all around consummate professional. He also had the record with one other person for the most tours of ridden, which was 17. Um, that got broke this year by, uh, I can't remember what the gentleman's name was that did it but he cranked off the 18th one. So um, very elite company there. I think the next person is like 12. Mm. So be able to ride that many Tour de France just shows a perseverance and a strength. And that's kind of what we try to create with these Fondos is these unique experiences like Lehigh Valley bringing out that classic flair, which is something that George had a great passion for. Very cool. So I'm a, uh, I'm a casual rider. And I want to take part in my first ever uh, Grand Fondo. Is there anything I need to know to do, prepare before, you know, plunking my, uh, my cash down and, and heading out to uh, the Lehigh Valley Grand Fondo next year? Um, you can go to our website, hincappy.com, and there's some training programs coming up and things like that. Or you can go to the Velodrome is a great place to start. Um, especially you guys have such an amazing asset and so many talented riders there to get help with training and practice. 
Um, you should probably be riding a bike two, three times a week just to be as a casual rider to be ready for what this course brings. Um, and we're here to give you advice on equipment choices and, and all of that stuff for you to make sure your experience is enjoyable. But I would start with a little bit of training, a little bit of practice, and make sure your bike's in great working order when you show up on June 4th. Great advice. And also, thanks for the uh, the plug there. We really appreciate it. Uh, so anyone who's looking to uh, check out what's being offered at the Velodrome, uh, come see us at the velodrome.com website there. I'm sure you've all discovered it coming to see this podcast anyways, but uh, it never hurts to put that out there. Uh, you mentioned at the start of the podcast, too, that uh, one of the unique things about the uh, Lehigh Valley version of the George Hancapi Grand Fondo is that it ends on the velodrome, much like the Paris-Roubaix Classic does. Uh, and that's uh, unique amongst all your velodromes, excuse me, all, all of your fondos, and probably most fondos out there. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I think we're the only one that does. Um, and that was part of what attracted us here um, to this facility. Is it's just such an amazing experience to having ridden Lehigh Valley and T Town and all the other names that it's gone on throughout the years. It's been a staple in cycling in American history, and uh, to be able to finish a velodrome event uh, or finish a fondo on the velodrome is really great. I do need to make one correction. I said June fourth. I meant June third. Uh, it's very important. Don't show up on June fourth unless you want to help me pack up and clean up the velodrome. Um, it's June third for this year's event uh, we were june 4th last year that's why it's stuck in my head it was such an incredible experience i don't want to forget it so uh, it's really important to to know that you can register on friday june 2nd on site or pick up your packet and you also get a ticket to come watch the racing because uh we want to promote the sport of cycling and then the event is on june 3rd saturday Right, and it's not just a single-day event. Uh, as you mentioned there, uh, uh, it's a multi-day event uh, where there's an opportunity to come watch some racing on the Friday night here at the Velodrome, as well as, I believe, when uh, you sign up for uh, different packages like the VIP package, there's other uh, events happening earlier in the week to make it sort of a, a real destination. There's all kinds of things going on, and as you go to the website, hennyhappy.com, you can look and see uh, what you want to select and be a part of. But absolutely, um, it, it would be a shame to not have uh, people come to the velodrome and not watch the racing on friday night and i think there might be a surprise this year because i think it's going to be a, a different style of racing than what a typical friday night is um as a little birdie told me that it might be some big names coming because of the nature of the event but uh i'll don't want to spoil a surprise i'll let you do that andrew for sure for sure we'll update our uh, our listeners with that uh, in the coming weeks uh, for sure um so Turning the tide a little bit, when um, uh, as a as a race organizer myself, I know there's a, a lot that goes into planning and logistics uh, to put on these sorts of things, um, and 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 course design is you know quite often uh, you know f on the forefront of your mind. What goes into putting together uh, a fondo like this, uh, especially like what do you, what do you look for when you're designing courses for for those to come out and ride? Um, one thing we do that's a little different is we look for world class unique. Uh, using uh, Lehigh Valley as an example, it's the finish on the velodrome. That was what we wanted. Then we built the course from there going backwards. Um, then we wanted to try and incorporate some of the uniqueness of the area with all the covered bridges. And then we started riding around and noticing all these little great chemines or uh, pave sections, which are, you know, little dirt sections, gravel sections, um, to give that feel of what a Paris-Roubaix cobbled section would be, or in, in Strabianchi when they say a chemin, which means literally means like a goat path. 
So we created these segments that are dirt and um, that to give that experience of what a Perry Roubaix would feel like riding the cobbles. Uh, in other areas, we just try to find unique spots of the community and then figure out how to make a route work to where we can get to those locations and make something really awesome for them uh, to do that they don't get to do uh, any other day. Like in Merced, we found three roads that no one's allowed to ride, but we got permission for our riders to ride on them this day, on the event day. So little things like that, that we try to make it very unique and very exciting. Maybe in Greenville, we find some of George's favorite training roads so that you can get a taste of what it was like when he was training for the tour. Uh, cycling is the most unique sport in the world as it is the only sport that you can directly participate and relate to what the athlete is going through because riding up a hill is the same whether you're doing it at a tour level or you're doing it as a casual rider you've got to get up that hill yes the speeds might be different but no other sport can you get that direct experience that you're on the actual course with the actual equipment that they're using you can't do that with football you can't do that with soccer basketball baseball you know not everybody can see what it's like to have a hundred mile an hour pitch thrown at them but everybody can go ride these 17 bergs that we found in Lehigh Valley and know what it feels like. The same for George, Bobby, or any other pro riders that show up to participate. Very cool. All right, let's uh, turn around and talk a little bit about uh, the man, Joe himself. And we'll start off with a couple of rapid fire questions, a small tradition here at Talk of the T-Town. Uh, quick answers. What's your favorite track cycling event? Oh, it's got to be the missing out. Very nice. Uh, missing out in points racing. That's my two. That's what I loved doing. But missing out is definitely the favorite. All right. What would be your favorite professional race to watch? Oh, it's got to be Perry Roubaix. A classic, and it matches what we're doing here, too, with the velodrome finish for sure. Absolutely. What is your favorite bike, bike brand? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, Ventum's making some really nice stuff now. They're, they, they're new. Um, they're really impressing me. Um, I've ridden almost everything, but I got to say, they're making some cool stuff. It might be Venom right now. All right. So most people who work in cycling tend to have some sort of background uh, with it, even if it's just as simple as they liked, you know, just riding their bike when they were growing up kind of thing. So uh, tell us about uh, your history with cycling. Where did, uh, did you have anything... Uh, you know, big, were you a racer? Did you just like riding your bike? Tell us a bit more about that. Uh, well, I'll tell you my first pair of cycling shoes were wood sold and you nailed the cleats to them. So, uh, that's how old I am. Uh, I actually started, uh, velodrome racing in Germany when I was eight, uh, six or seven. Uh, they had a little program out there, uh, that I got to do. And then I came back. Um, and to be honest, it was the only sport that made any sense to me because it didn't have that many rules. I didn't like the organized sports because they had too many rules. Had I realized how many rules cycling actually had, I probably wouldn't have done it either, but um, instantly fell in love with the sport. I raced from eight years, uh, from about six, seven years old to a 38. Uh, lots, you know, small time regional pro stuff, um, elite amateur, had a lot of fun, um, raced a little bit everywhere. Uh, it was very unique. And then I left racing and worked for the United Healthcare Pro Cycling Team for a while and then I left that and uh, I had my own youth cycling nonprofit that I started that I ran and then I worked with a veteran service organization called we are project hero.org 
and we use cycling as a therapy for PTSD and other injuries. And we will take 200 vets from like San Francisco to LA over eight days uh, and ride with them and, and do a lot of really unique things. So I've had a very diverse cycling background. Um, I can say that I have raced at T-Town several times and enjoyed myself. I think I've ridden almost every velodrome in the United States. I did not get to ride the uh, Superdrome down in Frisco, but I've, I've ridden almost all the other ones. And uh, T-Town is definitely my favorite place to race at. And uh, Atlanta is my favorite track to ride because it's just really crazy. That um, is built on the mile and not metric. And the turns are different. It's a very unique experience, but still, if you're going to hand me a track back, I'm running to T-Town right away. Well, that's awesome. A couple of things came out of that that I want to sort of uh, explore a bit further. Uh, so what brought you to Germany uh, when you were that young? I was an army brat. So um, my dad uh, served in the army. And so we were stationed uh, near Munich. And uh, so that's kind of how that started. And then uh, because of that, I was a United States Marine. I am a Marine Corps National Cycling Champion. But, the, you know, yeah. Uh, it's not the same kind of accomplishment as other things, but it was definitely fun to do. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your service for sure. Um, so that leads me to, I guess, my next question. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you do uh, some rides uh, that work with veterans, uh, especially this big one down in California. You want to talk a bit about that? Oh, yeah. We are ProjectHero.org. is a great organization. Um, they do uh, rides all over the country. They have uh, hubs that serve as local riding communities. I think there's one in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, but they they do a big ride in Texas in April. So, and then they do honor rides, the little one day rides, similar to what our fondos are not the same kind of level, but, um, and they do them all over the country. So it's a really great spot to go. You can go to weareprojecthero.org to check it out. Um, but it really cycle again, because cycling is this unique sport. Uh, it's something that you can do together at all levels. And, um, it, what makes it really unique for working with veterans because it's also something that they can ride this trip but then on monday they go home and they still have a bike and they can ride and it really helps them process the the injuries that aren't so obvious to see of uh, having served and uh, gone through unique experiences uh, the decompression time when you fly from a combat zone back home isn't the same and it's really hard to process that uh, for a lot of our veterans so having organizations like weareprojecthero.org really help. Yeah, no, that's great to be involved in that. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I was the uh, the lead on the road cycling events for the Invictus Games in Toronto in 2017, and uh, we had uh, you know uh, quite a few Americans up, and uh, you know you could see how you know it really helped, and there was an impact on just being there and, and you know being able to compete in that race. Uh, that certainly helped with a lot of the morale and and uh, and the well-being for those uh, for those veterans. So it was uh, it was certainly an experience to watch. Well, thank you for that service, Andrew. That's real. That's the kind of stuff that's really important uh, for veterans is that when you get wounded, you lose that sense of mission and purpose. And so having something like the Invictus Games or these challenges that we are projecthero.org uh, really restores that mental aspect of being what it is to be in the military. So mm -hmm. I greatly appreciate your work with that organization. It's very important. Sure. Thank you. The, uh, the last thing I wanted to uh, ask about uh, in uh, your uh, your short little history there was about your time on the United Her United Healthcare uh, Pro Team there. Uh, they were uh, quite the Conti team for quite a while, and uh, you know I remember seeing their uh, their results and their exploits. Uh, do you have any interesting stories that you might want to share with uh, with our listeners about uh, your time on that team? Oh yeah, I wasn't a rider, but I did all the uh, 
and did all the events and VIP stuff um, and helped out with the crit squad some. And it was a very unique environment. Um, it was probably one of the greatest family experiences of a team. Everybody really, really got along. Um, and uh, it was just what an awesome time to have been in the sport um, and really to be involved with an organization like that with, you know, Roy Sutherland, Hilton Clark, Johnny Clark, just really great riders that knew how to, I mean, Carl Menzies, uh, Adrian Hedgeberry. I mean, there's so many great guys, uh, the Keos from up there. Uh, Jorge Romero was a mechanic, actually. He does a lot at the velodrome. Um, and, and so it's really an awesome time to be involved. I will say that every time the quit, the crit squad won, they'd all go get pad tie. So, uh, we had to uh, adjust that because they were winning so much. But uh, it was really a great organization to be involved with. Very cool. All right, let's do a few more rapid-fire questions. Um, what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Um, hmm, probably Top Gun. All right. Breaking Away is a close second. Top Gun seems to be a, a favorite here. I think... Uh, it was Kyle Lart who said Top Gun was his favorite movie as well. So there we go. We'll have to start keeping a track of this and then uh, do a post. It was the new Top Gun, though, the one that came out this summer. Right. And so I've heard... are you, do you, have you seen it? Do you like the original one? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it. It's it's hilarious. But um, it's actually some great cinematics. Um, but there's some things they do in that movie that F-18s can't do. But, you know, don't let the facts get in the way of the story. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's... Uh, I still, I mean, I was in the Marine Corps when the original came out, so we used to watch it like every day. So um, that's why it sticks all time. But then, you know, American Flyers is another one, you know, for a cycling related movie. You can't kick that one to the curb either. I thought you were going to uh, mention uh, or keep going on the uh, cycling movie uh, line there. Uh, what's the other one that people keep talking about? The, the really horrible one that came out recently, uh, Premium Rush. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Uh, well, I never have I, so I really shouldn't be commenting on how good or bad it is, but I hear it didn't get great reviews. All right, let's move on. Uh, how about music? Uh, what's your favorite music? Like, let's say training or just relaxing too. I, I like I like punk music a lot. I mean, Kiss is probably a great, one of my favorite bands, um, but I listen to the blues, believe it or not. Um, Love the blues. They can really help you when you're, especially when you're doing that long training ride because you just get into the jams, you know? Very cool. What is your favorite post-ride snack? Favorite post-ride snack? I got to go with a bologna and cheese sandwich. With cheese? Uh, yes. I mean, I'm a cheese snob. Like, I love all kinds of cheeses. I will tell you the weirdest thing. We used to play a game. When we'd have somebody new on the ride, we'd go to a gas station in the South and try to buy the weirdest thing to freak people out to eat in the middle of a ride, just to gross people out. And uh, I used to always buy Vienna sausages. It was pretty good. But then we had a, a rider who will remain unnamed came out with pork brains and milk gravy one time. And he is forever the winner of grossing people out for mid-ride food. And I can't believe he actually ate it. I thought it was going to be 100% a joke, but um, it was a fun game to play in your 20s. I can't do that in my 50s because if I eat that kind of stuff now, I'll get bigger. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, uh, you know, after a long ride, you can pretty much eat anything as long as it's, uh, you know, moderately edible because you're just starving. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's edible. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of fish, uh, but I, I remember coming back from this, uh, you know, century ride and I, like we stopped at a place and like literally the only thing on the menu was fish tacos. And I was like, all right, fish tacos it is. So, yeah, yeah got to replace the energy. Last one for you. What is, if you have one, your favorite inspirational quote? Do or do not, there is not try by Master Yoda. Excellent. I love it. Right. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail, you know, but if you don't try, you, if you go with the, I'll try, you're, you're inviting failure from right. the beginning. So just do it. Right. Yeah, that's the, uh, the Canadian version of that is uh, you uh, miss 100% of the shots that you don't take on that. Yeah, that's another great one. Yeah. That's another great one. So before we uh, head out, just a couple more questions here for you, uh, just about the future of the uh, the Fondo uh, scene, and, and in particular, the Hingabi Grand Fondo. Uh, is there anything that uh, our listeners can look forward to? I know you've mentioned a lot already about uh, some stuff coming up this year, but do you have any big plans uh, for Lehigh Valley or the Fondo series in general? Well, we've made some changes to the Lehigh course um, to uh, impact the traffic a little bit less, um, but so it's going to be a little bit more exciting. Um, we found another... Uh, awesome little section of pave that's right near the velodrome so uh you get to experience that um for sure and also this year like i said you get the uh, gold vip upgrade if you ride all four so starting march 18th in merced california um is your first chance to do that and then we go to chattanooga tennessee for may 6th then um the lehigh valley on june 3rd very important that June 3rd is the date. Um, and then we finish up the season uh, with Greenville. Oh, I'm sorry. I left out Bangor. My second favorite condo um, is June 24th. And then we finish up the season with Greenville on its anchor weekend, which is October 21st. And that's a great experience. Just an amazing spot there at Hotel Domestique. And you can see all of it. And you can see or find out all the information you need on hincappy.com. Very nice. Maura, you went to uh, the one down in Greenville uh, last year, right? Uh, this is 22, so 21. Yeah. I keep saying last year for this year because we're right. so far into right. it. But... I don't know what year it is. COVID really messed me yeah. up. But uh, yes, I was down in Greenville in 21, and it was amazing. Uh, it was the longest ride I ever did, the most climbing I ever did. Uh, was very grateful for the sticky buns at the rest stop at the top of that first climb. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. Uh, I'd love to get down there again. So, and you'd call yourself well, come on down. You'd, you'd call yourself sort of a entry level cyclist. So, did you find it to be uh, uh, too difficult, or was it just right? Uh, I thought it was just right. Uh, certainly had to do some prep rides with uh, the climbing that was on the course. Um, certainly, that's not something I'm used to. So, had to get some some mileage in my legs for that. But other than that, it was a great experience. Very it is cool. definitely Greenville's an awesome one. Um, I mean, it's just just the venue itself and the ability. You're just kind of as, once you're riding and once you're past the first. I mean, you're always like in the middle of nowhere, like instantly. It's really cool. Right. So it's just like the Lehigh Valley. <laughs> exactly, it is just a little bit less climbing in Lehigh Valley. So we had to make up with it with these little pave sections, um, which I think is awesome. I mean, my favorite quote from Lehigh Valley: "Someone's like, you can't come up with a course that I haven't ridden already." And we come up with this and they come back with, I didn't know half these roads existed. So uh, 
it's it's just a very unique experience at Lehigh. Well, that's a very good tagline for sure. All right, Joe. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Uh, I know you said it a few times already, uh, but one more time for the folks at home, where do they go to find out more about the uh, upcoming Lehigh Valley Hincapie Grand Fondo? It is hincapie.com. And then you can click on the Grand Fondo Hincapie link. And believe it or not, Lehigh Valley is front and center once that page comes up. Um, so you can go right there, click to register, find out about all the events going on that week. And June 3rd, 2023, we look forward to seeing you there. Very good. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Talk of the T-Town. Check us out in the coming weeks for more episodes. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service. From all of us here at the Valley Preferred Cycling Center, remember to keep the rubber side down and ride safe out there. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Talk of the T-Town podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate us and leave a comment on wherever you consume your podcasts. To find out more on this week's guest, head on over to our website, thevelodrome.com, to check out the show notes and subscribe so you never miss an episode.